Good Monday morning, and thanks so much for joining us. Glad to have you back for another week of discussion and chat around everything that's important to you in our province. And boy, I'll tell you, you can tell the weather is mood affecting for us in the province because today, even though people for most of the province had to brush off their vehicles, we've got a couple centimeters of snow for much of Saskatchewan and continued snow in the forecast. But the, the promise of and the revelation of a drop in those cold temperatures to something a little more seasonable and the promise of warm temperatures, like plus beautiful temperatures in the next week, has people in a pretty good Monday morning mood, I think. Man, I like to see that. That's good stuff. We've got a full show planned today. We've got a roundtable of justice. Every Monday at 10 o'clock, we step into something justice or law-related, and we try and, and dig into it in a meaningful way. Today, we're we're focusing on a couple of different stories, and we've got two great guests that have joined us before and will be joining us again Tamara Cherry is a crime reporter, did most of her crime reporting career in Toronto. Founder of Pickup Communications, now living in Regina. She's the author of a book, The Trauma Beat, a case for rethinking the business of bad news. She will join me along with Mitch Uzdepsky, who's the executive director of the Saskatchewan Association of Chiefs of Police, former deputy chief with the Saskatoon Police Service. And we're going to start off by looking at a new report that talks about the rise in the number of police shootings that are happening in our country. We've got a criminologist at the University of Alberta that is sounding some alarm bells on this, so we'll take a look at that and and dig into it, look at some of the trends and a few other things, including the inquest that continues this week regarding the James Smith Cree Nation killings, and we'll be uh, getting them to weigh in on that. We are going to open up the phone line for you as well, just after 9 o'clock. We, we, we're going to be talking teachers in a second here. And I think that safe to say that will be one of the topics we'll talk about. The NDP is calling for the provincial government to axe the provincial tax on gas. What do you think about that? Is that a good decision? I'm not convinced it's the right way to go based on some of the other tax changes that our province has made and knowing that we're in a deficit position, but maybe you disagree. What about that change in harm reduction funding last week? We'll talk a little bit about that. So open phones is your opportunity to call in and weigh in at one 332 8255 That's coming up just after 9 o'clock. Also a good friend of the show, Tyler McMurchie from SGI. SGI just put together a presentation, basically tips on avoiding a collision. None of it is rocket science. But all of it is compelling when you listen to the stats and you listen to some of these common little, you know, mind lapses that we have and how it can be absolutely instrumental in causing an accident in not only damage, but, but can cause human life, obviously. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that later on this morning as well. It's a full day of discussion and it starts now with the big talker. Let's get down to business, shall we? Welcome. Let's begin. The Evan Bray Show, the big talker. Well, last week we saw the teachers take to the streets with signs looking for better pay, better work conditions, not just for them, but for the students that they teach, our children, of course. Kids are not in school for this. This whole action is going to be happening now today for a second time. One more full day, no school as teachers are out on strike. It's a full province strike. This is, of course, because the province and the Saskatchewan Teachers Federation remain at an impasse 
in their negotiations. Very important issues have been raised at the bargaining table and outside of the classrooms right here, even on this show. The number of talks that we've had in the last couple of weeks on education in our province and the state of of teaching and what it looks like, where it needs to get to. Joining me now to talk about the current situation, the strike that's happening today and where we're going to go from here is STF President Samantha Beacott. Samantha, thanks again for taking our call this morning. No problem. Thank you for having me. So it's another day on the uh, strike. Where are you in the province today? Where will you be joining teachers? Uh, this morning, I'm starting my day in, in Saskatoon. So I'm going to a couple of the locations in and around here. And then I'm going to uh, hit the road and venture out a little bit further, hopefully join North Battleford and, and see if I can get in a couple other places uh, in, in more rural areas. So today is day two of, of full day strikes last week was was the first one taking the weather out of it because obviously the weather is a little more cooperative this day what's the feeling on on the strike line with your teachers and your colleagues uh well last week it was uh incredibly powerful i mean there were uh thousands of teachers out on albert street i was in regina last week uh in the morning and then i did make it back to saskatoon right at the end of the day uh and the support from the public was was absolutely incredible. The honking, uh, going past, there were students and parents coming and joining us. Uh, the support from business owners and, uh, churches and, and just people opening their doors to, to bring teachers in and allow them to, to get some warmth, uh, and shelter out of the cold. Uh, it was, it was an incredible day and I, I have definitely seen more of that, uh, in preparation for today. Lots of, lots of people planning on joining teachers out on the picket lines, uh, right across the province. So I know I've seen online a lot of work being done to encourage families, parents, students to continue to show their support for teachers. And I think we saw through the sharing of social media and lots of different ways, last week's strike did show that. You're hoping for the same thing today. Is there a tipping point? And is that kind of what you're hoping for? And and what I mean by that is, does there come a point where where parents and families are frustrated, are frustrated at, at the disruption with school and, the, and the, what it causes in school, and then that frustration bubbles over to pushing the government to get back to the table. Is that is that what you're leveraging to try and get to a resolution here? Well, teachers are doing their best to support students, and in their day-to-day work, they always include parents in that, and, and that that teamwork uh, is, is what's best for kids. And so we need everyone joining together uh, to, to call on government. Government should be working with us and finding these solutions too. Parents have seen the challenges that their students and their children are experiencing in classrooms and in schools, and, and they understand what teachers are fighting for. We want what's best for kids. Uh, so I think that that frustration is already there in many parents across the province. Um, and, and so that's why we've had so much support um, so far. So I, I want to break down the numbers a little bit. I feel like there's lots of, of misinformation out there in terms of the actual um, wage increase ask that you have at the table. And, you know, it, it's kind of actually gotten lost in this discussion because so much focus has been on the classroom complexity part of this. So the province has offered 7% over three years. You're asking for 2% a year for four years, so basically 8 over 4 versus 7 over 3. But you also said you would like to see a cost of living increase in there for the teachers. Do you have any idea what that final number would be? 
Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I don't have a crystal ball, so I don't know uh, what cost of living is going to be in the future. I know that last year's cost of living was right around six point six percent. This year's looks like uh, we're getting closer to four uh, percent over the last year, and um, it's it's difficult to predict that. Unfortunately, over the last two contracts, teachers have uh, essentially experienced an eight point five percent loss in purchasing power because their salary increases haven't kept up with the uh, cost of living increases. And actually, over my entire career as a teacher, there have only been two years where teachers' salary increases have exceeded the cost of living increases. Um, and one thing that's interesting to point out people may not be aware of is uh, MLAs have protection around cost of living included within their salary. Um, and so we, we yes, are absolutely are focusing on class complexity. That is that is our focus um, at the table as well as in the public. Salary is a proposal that we've put forward. Um, it's the government bargaining team that has actually pushed that aside and said we need to discuss everything else until we get or before we get to um, before we get to that salary proposal. So to to characterize it as a demand, as we've heard from the Minister of Education, is absolutely false. Um, we were ready to negotiate on all of the items that we've put forward, and we just need government willing to do the same. So the, you know, if, again, if I'm using, you talked about six point whatever percent uh, increase last year, we're looking at maybe four this year. So that would be in a couple of years, 10% in cost of living. If you were successful in getting that full cost of living increase, plus the two, 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 and two that you're looking for, that's 18. The government is throwing out a number of 23.5. At the end of the day, it's, it's safe to say this is going to be potentially well into the double digits, if not over 20% over a four-year contract, if you were successful in getting that. Do you do you think it's reasonable to see that, uh, President Beecott, knowing that, you know, I, I know that there's lots of, of, of unions that would work to try and get cost of living, plus, you know, their merit increase over and above that. Is that doable in this, in this time? Uh, well, we recognize that it is, uh, those are, those are large numbers when we're looking at cost of living. Everyone is impacted by that cost of living increase, and teachers have clearly said across the province that they do need protections. We have also seen other provinces include those cost of living protections in their agreement. And there's ways of doing that uh, and, and protecting um, or putting a, a kind of a range in terms of a protection. And again, like I said, MLAs have this included within uh, their salary increase increases as well. So if, if it's doable for MLAs, I don't see why it's not doable um, for others in in the province. And and again, we are we haven't even got to those discussions at the table. Um, we we have been trying to get the issues around class size and class complexity addressed, uh, and we haven't engaged or government hasn't engaged with us. Uh, around any of the other proposals that we have brought forward. They continue to say no on every single item, uh, and that's not what negotiations should look like. So I'd be happy to have the conversations with the bargaining teams at the table, um, but but we need both sides willing to, to have a conversation. STF President Samantha Beacott, my guest this morning. Okay, we've talked about classroom complexity a lot. You and I have talked a couple of times on the air about it. I've had, um, you know, Minister of Education Jeremy Cockerell on. The Premier even talked about the importance of class complexity, and it needs to be addressed. I've heard it from 
I, I don't think there's a person that disagrees with the fact that it needs to be addressed. Where where the disagreement happens is should it be at the bargaining with teachers or should it be outside of that? Let's say the province comes back and says, okay, we're prepared to bargain it. It's happened in a couple of other provinces. We're prepared to do it here. How does that look? How do you successfully make that happen? Uh, well, we've put forward a few different options of what that could look like. Um, and again, we have always taken into consideration or used um, other examples that we've seen from provincial organizations. But Saskatchewan is a, a unique province and we need unique Saskatchewan solutions. And we recognize that. So uh, we're ready to find those solutions at the table. Some of them of what we've put forward is, is a minimum standard of ratio to ensure that Regardless of where a child lives in Saskatchewan, whether they're in Saskatoon, whether they are in Isla Cross, whether they are in uh, Keniston, every student across the province should have a minimum standard of expectation of, of what kind of supports they should have access to uh, in their schools and within their school division, whether it's speech language pathologists or mental health counselors, educational psychologists. Um, but also, we could all look at this in in a broader, more open view in that uh, providing divisions with the funds to, to make those decisions. Uh, again, this is a contract that isn't just with teachers and government. School boards are a part of this agreement. So it provides assurances to all of the parties that the funds will be available over a longer period of time directed specifically at classroom support uh, and including teachers in the conversation uh, because they're the ones that are on the front lines. They're the ones working with kids on a day-to-day basis. They know what the needs are uh, in their schools and in their classrooms. So there's a, a wide variety of ways that this could be addressed. We have put forward many options for the government to consider and start a conversation around, uh, and all we continue to hear is no. All right. Well, I, we're at the end of our time. I feel like I could go on for another hour. Uh, in 10 seconds, is going to binding arbitration, if the province were to agree to it, is it an option for you? Uh, well, again, that's a big if, if the province is willing to be agreeing to it. Um, and I'm asking, if they are, and we've only got 10 seconds, would you do that? Uh, well, that's a conversation we'd have to check with our membership around. Okay. Thank you very much, STF President Samantha Beacott, and uh, good luck on the picket line today. Thank you. You're listening to The Evan Bray Show on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Well, just had a chat with Samantha Beacott, the president of the Saskatchewan Teachers Federation, who, of course, will be leading another one-day strike, a full one-day strike today happening in the province. A lot of people are surprised that they planned it for today, given the fact that much of Saskatoon was already not in school today. It was a uh, TPD day, I think they call it, where... Um, the kids have the day off, so it's not actually a big change for many people. Is certainly in the Saskatoon area, rest of the province, it maybe is not the case, and so it is causing people to make some adjustments. We're heading into open lines, so it's your opportunity to call in or text in and talk about whatever is on your mind. Something tells me teachers and education is going to be part of the topic today the texts are already pouring in on this but the phone line is open for you one 332 8255 open lines and your thoughts next on 650 ckom and 980 cjme